Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the USL Show. Um, it's been about two weeks, which, you know, is pretty on par for these off-season episodes. There's not as much to talk about. I mean, we might have an emergency episode whenever Las Vegas signs somebody, but that might not be for another two months, so we're probably okay. Um you know, we have some uh, faces that are back. We have some faces that I actually saw pretty recently, so that was pretty cool. But let's talk to the man of the hour, or at least in the last two minutes. Phil, welcome back, man. Hey, uh, thanks, Kaylor. Yeah, um, glad to be back. Glad to uh, to have some some USL championship transactions to talk through. So, um, yeah, exciting times in the preseason. You know, hope springs eternal and all that. Yeah, I mean, you get a you get a new coach that uh, in El Paso, um, yep. which is exciting, especially. Yeah, hey, he's doing some great coverage of that coach, by the way. That's <laughs> fantastic stuff. We've uh, we retweeted it, so check out either Seriously Loco or our Twitter feed to find it. Appreciate that. Yeah, the uh, it's it's uh, interesting getting a guy from outside of kind of the normal circles. Um, and uh, locomotives kind of made a habit of that, um, at least in the last two appointments. So, um, yeah, you can check out uh, Seriously Loco to learn more about Brian Clairhout, who, despite living in Sweden for the last seven years, has maintained a very thick New Jersey accent. <laughs> Some things just can't be broken, man. No. <laughs> John, how are you doing, dude? Yeah, doing well. Enjoyed the holidays. Got home to Arizona for a stretch, which was a nice change of pace, but happy to be back in the grind and back on the pod. Is the Yotes games actually worth going to? It's so fun. There's not a bad seat in that entire arena because it's so small, but like electric atmosphere. You only get diehards just because of the nature of it. So highly recommend. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, speaking of diehards, um, Ryan, you sat in the 32 degree weather in Birmingham, Alabama. Two of the worst things you can imagine to watch East Carolina, not Eastern, but East Carolina. Yeah, it was a good time to uh, cap off our season with an, uh, a win to finish uh, eight and five on the year. But more importantly, it was great to finally meet you in person and see uh, Protective Stadium, the SEC headquarters randomly uh, stationed outside and to have some really good barbecue while I was in um, while I was in Birmingham. But it was uh, really cool to meet you in person finally. Yeah, I know mean, it was really, really fun. Uh, Dreamland's a classic. Uh, everybody has to go there if you're in the area. So that one's sauce is my per is better in my opinion, but Hey, we're not here to talk about barbecue. Um, I don't think anyway, we can, um, it'll break my new year's resolution, um, personally, but whatever. Um, speaking of, Oh, by the way, for people who are watching, we're going to try something new. We're adding in um, video. This is just going to be old videos and, um, old, uh, games from, this last year for people who are listening on podcast platforms, you're not missing anything. We're not really going to talk too much. If at all, if anything interesting happens, we may point it out, but it has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Um, and maybe it's something more visual or more visually appealing than like, I don't know me. So it's there. Um, so we're going to go get that shot. But for people who did not see what we're doing today, um, we're doing New Year's resolutions, but not for ourselves, but for the USL or USL clubs. We're doing it for League One, uh, the championship, and 
you know, if we dive into W League, Super League, League Two, we can do that too. But I kind of doubt it for today. Um, the video that's going to be sharing, by the way, is going to be FC Tucson versus Charlotte Independence, which was an absolute vibes match, to be honest. Um, nothing good about it, except if you like scoring and a lot of it. The defense does not exist, which is just great. So there's that. Um, for an example of what these New Year's resolutions would be, right? I'm going to go ahead and give the first one, and I'm giving it to Tormenta. And this one is just going to be the don't skip leg day because when you have leg day, you give yourself a great base. And right now, Tormenta doesn't have that losing a lot of their key defenders. Tormenta always loves to promote the academy and in Tormenta we trust, but you better have a good base because what won you that, uh, you know, USL League one trophy slowly dwindling. So I'm going to go straight down. Um, Ryan. Do you have a New Year's resolution? Um, gosh, it's tough, but I you touched base on it in our opening, and it would really just have to go to Las Vegas and just whenever you're doing, just make your next day just kind of better than the last. And Las Vegas just needs to start doing something because something is at least better than doing nothing. And like you'd mentioned, just starting to sign players is like find a way and find a path forward because we're slowly starting to see so many other teams kind of build out their rosters, bring back players, and just kind of have a plan for this year. And for a league that now has a bunch of independent teams and there are no more US, uh, sorry MLS2 teams, we kind of need to see a lot more effort from our member teams and member clubs. Yeah, so... Uh, I was going to give the lights uh, another resolution if no one else jumped on, in on it. Um, my resolution for the lights is the same thing. Um, I want them to quiet quit this year, which means do the bare minimum for once, please, for the love of God. Just once. Instead of the absolute most. <laughs> um, as opposed to absolutely nothing. <laughs> they I, uh... do the most to do nothing they put more effort to get jose canseco there than to put out a competitive team <laughs> i i think there was a i think there was a reply to the resolution tweet about um about lights uh maybe owing and i think i think this is probably you know to take like it is it is a joke and and Vegas like obviously have become a, a meme of sorts and like in their I think with their whole like LA2 and all that stuff the comment was basically like they owe the fans more transparency around what this club actually is and I think like that is totally fair. I I think it's like there is a question mark around Vegas of is this a serious like viable championship club that's going to be around for a while and are they going to like try to be independent and like do stuff for themselves or are they going to go like maybe the next pro route or try to become like a LA2 affiliate or you know laugh C2 affiliate like that's I think that's fair coming from the fans like what what actually are you lights you know are you trying to be an indie club or are you trying to be an affiliate that comment came from uh the electric company which is uh the lights is a uh sg supporters group by the way um so with the supporters groups are being that vocal that should tell you how the other fans are also feeling so john do you have a resolution you want to get off your chest 
Yeah, I'm going to steal from the replies to myself and uh, the USL show post about it. And Detroit fans seemingly want someone who can score any goals. I mean, <laughs> at this point, they've let Antoine Hopeno go off to Hartford. Uh, Pacho Botello is gone. They brought in a guy from Loudoun who like got a couple assists and played like half their games. That's not exactly the striker you're looking for. I've heard behind the scenes that Trevor James is not happy with what's going on. And you saw Declan Wynn leave for Charleston today. So I don't doubt that Detroit is going to end up fielding a competitive team. But just to get the vibes right, maybe you bring in somebody sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, they're, they just don't seem to, and you would, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but. I feel like they haven't fully understood what the USL is because they made the playoffs last year by defending and drawing, which made them the playoffs. And this year, if they do the same thing, they'll still make the playoffs. But is that what Detroit city is? They've never been a team to just make the playoffs. They've been, you know, they're not a survive. They are a thrive club. Um, Fans are not going to put up with that for very long. And, you know, if Detroit City are realizing that they need to raise some more funds than they they recently did, then honestly, I mean, you have membership ownership. This is – you have the ability to be open with your investors and say, we don't have a lot of money right now. But as long as those financial talks are held privately – then what's the difference between an investment, you know, kind of group like that and just a franchise? Nothing really. I, I mean, it's, it was go ahead, Phil. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I feel like last year the approach was probably decently similar from Detroit in that they had kind of a core put together and then added Antoine Hopeno and Pato Mateo Faz like right at the end of the window. Like it felt like towards the end of, of maybe the, uh, the off season. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to find out if Trevor James wasn't thrilled that they weren't able to retain anybody given the fact that they were a playoff team and were pretty competitive, you know, in the East and um so you would think that maybe they would make more of an effort to try to keep some of those pieces around. Um, and we can talk more. I'm sure we'll talk more about Charleston as, as things go on, just with the amount of movement going on. But, um, but yeah, I think, I, I think there's just something to the fact that Detroit, it feels like they've kind of done business this way where they like have their core and then tack on a couple of maybe like interesting or exciting pieces, like towards the end of the, offseason and getting Nate Steinwasher back admittedly a keeper who kept them in so many games last season was huge as a way to kind of bring back a player at least for this next season with an option in 2024 as well if he if they choose to extend is he I'm sure he is is he still working at the bank or the investment firm that he's at because that's one of my favorite things that I found out I didn't know that I think I mean, is it great that he's working another job? It depends on how far you want to read into it. It seems like he genuinely enjoys it. 
And I just think that's fun. I also, my personal headcanon also tells me that he's just doing all the finances for Detroit City. Like Trevor James is going up to Nate and saying, can we afford this? And Nate's like, nah, dude. Like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean my contract is larger than everyone else's combined on the team? (laughs) Nate, we found some irregularities. With- <laughs> <laughs> I do think with Detroit, like even if you are lacking the offensive threats, they've brought back the entire defense. Steinwasher is going to be awesome in net. Devon Mumensa coming back is a big deal. This team, at a minimum, is going to be hard to score on, but pretty much everyone else in the East has been leveling up, which makes it a little bit dubious with what they're doing right now. So what about you, Phil? What's uh, another resolution you have? Um, well, I guess, I mean, it's not, it's not a dissimilar story. Uh, you know, talking about El Paso and, and Brian clear out, I think like the new year's resolution is, um, recruitment and this window like needs to start soon. Um, there's some serious work to be done, um, in the market and, there hasn't really been a whole lot of movement aside from a handful of like legacy signings from, um, well, I think it kind of came out that they were like essentially club signings versus maybe John Hutchinson signings, um, in Mark Navarro, like being the kind of the highest profile one, but, uh, Dennis Koshistin, um, coming in as well uh joining from uh fc alexandria in in ukraine but aside from that there's been no movement and there's a ton of gaps they don't have a senior goalkeeper andrew fox is off to orange county um richie ryan obviously famous you know famous situation there plus he's retired and now on the coaching staff at tulsa um Diego Luna, Dylan Maris, both, you know, off to greener pastures, Dylan Maris, obviously off to Louisville, which, uh, just a case of the, the rich get richer, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, I think there's just a ton of work that they need to do in filling some of the gaps. Um, and given clear out style, he played like a five, three, two in Sweden, uh, at GIF Sundsvall, his, his last, uh, club, they, only have like three senior center backs. They don't have a recognized defensive midfielder. They only have, they have a handful of players who could be used at wing back, but no real right wing backs or right fullbacks like to speak of um, aside. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of people who might slot into that. And then essentially two forwards who like, if you're playing two up front, you probably need at least four, you know, to, feel comfortable so it'll be interesting to see how some of the pieces get moved around and what what system clear out ends up playing but yeah they just need to sign some players i do think the interesting thing with this roster right now and speaking to the fit it's really poor with what the talent is with el paso right now but you have those top end players that could really be the spine of a playoff team if you think about that forward group if you think about like edaborelli at left back there are guys that are proven in this league and it feels like a dereliction of duty and a dereliction of supporting the new coach. If you don't build out the team and the depth around that, because to go through another manager and to have another year that is sort of just spinning the wheels would really not be great for what El Paso was in that late Lowry era. Yeah. 
and I guess just to tack on to that, the the yeah, and and to your point, like definitely some really good pieces and a good and a good spine. And I think the there was a lot talked about last year, especially the way that the season started, where it was like, you know, five losses in a row. Hey, we had a sh- we this group only just got together. We're still like gelling some of these pieces, and then even towards the end of the of last season, really the core of locomotive was still Lowry's guys. Um, it was never really like Hutchinson's signing. There were a couple that, that made it, made a decent impact, but, um, but yeah, it was primarily guys that had already been at the club. So I, I definitely don't think fans will be excited to hear another season of uh, everybody's gelling. Everybody's like figuring it out. And, and then, you know, we do the dance again next year with a new coach and, a new, you know, no one wants to get in that spin cycle that you can get into in USL. Yeah. But maybe for fans, especially for, I know Paso and, you know, I kind of hate to say it like this, but maybe the expanded playoffs is enough to buy him time, right? If he can get into that eighth position, maybe that's just enough to buy him time. Like, Oh, look, we got to the dance. You know, we had a good game in the playoffs where we won a playoff game. And, you know, obviously it's not what we want, but we got there with what we had. So maybe that that expansion buys him some time and El Paso a little bit fans, a little bit more grace with a new coach. Um, I have one for Gio who could not be on because he is on solo daddy duty tonight. Um, this one is to the Greenville Triumph and to the Greenville Liberty. Um, so we got a little bit of league, uh, you know, W League in there. Um, I want you guys to hit the Duolingo um, because you need to become fully fluent in bird law. Um, <laughs> every single year, you seem to figure one half of the birds out and then, you know, lose the other one. Um, this year, just stop losing to, to, to Tormenta. Um, that'd be a great place to start. Um, you have a great lead and then you don't lose the five, five match, but you certainly did not win the five, five match. Um, and then, you know, losing once or twice at home to Tormenta three times, if you include W league, which they did go on to win it, uh, win it all both times, but it doesn't feel great. And bolt always keeps receipts. So Greenville for your own sanity, Please figure it out. Beat Tormenta this year. I I had one. <laughs> I had one for Geo too, which is uh, Geo Geo's personal New Year's resolution should be uh, talking about another League One team that isn't Tor- or that isn't Greenville, and uh, without it being a backhanded compliment. Uh, <laughs> can you can you just? discuss another league one team without being snide about it (laughs) (laughs) what to be fair to you 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 had mentioned uh triumph struggling with um the bird teams at least they were outside of i think one defeat they had they performed fairly well against union omaha and the other bird of ford madison in the league as well so i mean hey bird law get in on it <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, I by have, the way, Greenville has like no players yet. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I'm very bad about the whole transaction thing. So kind of get on it, Greenville. Beyond the birds, yeah, Greenville hasn't 
done anything. Um, one Knox has signed everybody. Um, anybody that's ever had a pulse in League One, One Knox is just signing them, um, which is not a bad way to go about it. Um, it's uh, it's really really uh, cool to see them just from the get go going at it. And I we said the same thing about Fuego, but this also feels a little bit different than Fuego, where they're getting certified League One guys and not just. You know, oh, we got some guys from the championship and, you know, some other people that you haven't heard of. And I guess that's also kind of Northern Colorado and what they did last year. But we can also blame that on Northern Colorado playing zero home games, but also every home game. Um, however, that one worked. Um, so there was that. Um, Richmond's also hemorrhaging players like crazy. For a team that just won the Supporters' Shield, um, and I've said this before, in my mind, especially League One, because they played everybody three times, um, that that's the real championship in my brain, just because you really do play everybody at both home and away. They didn't, like, keep anybody, except for their, you know, the Golden Boot winner. Um, that's, you know, that's a great piece to bring back. But what made them special was that defense. And like Tormenta, it's depleted majorly. No, I mean, if you think about some of the talent they've lost with uh, Chrysler going off to Knoxville, Payne is to Madison. We talked about the Ethan Bryant thing a couple shows ago. They've really lost a couple of key pieces, and the defensive core is a big deal. Obviously, you have the magic of Terzaghi up top right now, and you're keeping that around. But this isn't a team that was relying on just one forward to get the job done. So I'm interested to see how they sort of rebuild and recover with a kind of rough start to the offseason right now. Yeah. Um, and I have one last resolution. Um for me because I you know, just wanted to get this one off the chest because you mentioned it a little bit, Phil. Um, and this one goes out to Louisville City. Um, it's time for you to finally lose that weight. Get rid of that freshman 15 because you are just hoarding every player ever. You release like three players a year, one of them retires, and then you sign seven. You already had a 31-man roster and you've, <laughs> you can't just keep hoarding players. It's time to clean out that closet, lose the freshman 15-something. You cannot have that big of a roster all the time. I like The thing with them is that, I mean, so many of the – yeah, go ahead, Phil. Oh, no, go for it, Jeff. I was just going to say, so many of the people that they have at like the bottom end of the roster are just academy kids that they're bringing up. If you think about both Winders, uh, Owen Dam, Carlos Moguel, it's kind of impressive that, yeah, they've got a disgustingly big team, but it's homegrown to an aspect that you rarely see outside of like places like El Paso, even. I uh, I was just I was just going to say that I think the the fact that they've been able to land Dylan Maris like speaks to the just how they find these opportunities to to jump on you know talented player i think like many of us thought that Dylan Maris was one of the best free agents available and with him you know it was pretty well known that he was done in el paso so um yeah for it to be louisville that comes out especially with you know 
Indy and a, a potential Lowry reunion, like was, you know, I think a lot of people thought maybe he, uh, he goes back home uh, to Indy at, you know, at the tail end, end of his career, but I guess, you know, Louisville city sold proximity uh, not to use the, uh, <laughs> the Darby name against them or anything like that. But uh, yeah, Dylan, Dylan uh, going to Louisville. I think that's just like, I don't know. It's a ridiculous signing for a ridiculously strong squad already, but, um, but they, they just continuously do this where they find those opportunities. And because they have so much already, like so much groundwork already done, um, it gives them the flexibility to kind of like cherry pick, Hey, we've got the chance to go out and get like a differential free agent. So they can do that. Whereas other squads are like, how do we fill these, you know, 10 gaps in our roster? True. On that indie thing, um, they had talks with mayors. They had talks with Tyler Pasher, and neither of them decided that they wanted to come back, which India's had an awesome offseason if you think about bringing in Gwenzadi and Cam Lindley and all of that. But there is that question of what could have been if they really like did the thing and brought back all of the greatest hits of Indy 11 past. <laughs> no kidding. I mean... <sighs> Especially, I mean, at some point, this becomes a bidding war, right? And we talked about this in the USL show Discord, hashtag ad. Um, and it's talking about just roster size and money. And we, I kind of talked about it with Detroit City, too. Um, and again, this is not me saying Detroit City is poor. I Clearly, I don't keep up with their finances. I haven't talked to Nate Steinwasher in a while. Um, but, you know, teams like... Teams don't always want to spend all the money, especially on people who you, even though you know it works in the system, you know they work with a coach or they work in an area. Sometimes it's left to leave that, you know, that fire unkindled. Because if that fire does not burn as bright as it used to, you know, that's a little bit of a legacy tarnished. And, you know, at the end of the day, that means a lot to players too especially when you're in the usl and you're not making all the money and what you're playing for is yes for your you know for your family for a little bit of cash because it is a job but it's a lot of it's legacy so ryan do you have another resolution that you want to get out just kind of going through a lot of the uh responses that we had to uh, the tweet that we had sent out earlier was the two that kind of really stuck out to me was both for San Antonio and to Colorado Springs to just keep the momentum that they had from last year and continue building towards uh, just for this season. San Antonio obviously coming back as a defending champion is something that has benefited a few teams in the past. We've seen uh, Louisville City has repeated before. We've seen other teams make consecutive runs at the final. And obviously with Colorado Springs having gotten to the West final to kind of take that next step to get to the USL final is going to be at least that um, – you know, especially a bit more difficult, just given a few bit more transfers that they had, such as Michi uh, Nagalina uh, exiting the club as well. So it's really important for both these teams to like just kind of like still keep their eye on just kind of the prize for this season and just continue that momentum. Where are we uh, at with the switchbacks right now, real quick? <laughs> I'm kind of thinking that they aren't going to be as good as they like, if you look at some of the guys they brought in, like Patrick Segrist, really good. Speedy Williams, 
veteran, maybe a little bit leggy at this point, but solid. Joe Kuzminski in goal was the worst player in my goals saved above average model last year. Deshane hey, no, go ahead, go ahead. He scored a goal. That's true. What does that do? <laughs> so give one the other way, and he's at the second worst. Let's say. Tell your number. <laughs> but like Deshane Beckford couldn't get a game in San Antonio. James Musa was terrible in Phoenix. Duke Lacroix couldn't get a game with uh, Sacramento. I like the names in theory because they're familiar USL veterans, but you're losing Galena. Haji Berry isn't there for any of the year. Elvis Samo, Cam Lindley are all gone. It's a lot of change and a lot of players who aren't difference makers in their own right. And I believe in Brendan Burke, but it's a lot of overhaul with a lot of question marks right now. Yeah, I think in terms of like momentum, if if we talk about those two teams in terms of maintaining momentum, I think San Antonio right now feels like the team that is and switchbacks feels like the team that isn't, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like San Antonio is maintaining some good momentum. A couple of the signings that they've made, um, I think. I One of the things that made me chuckle to myself was uh <laughs> Juan Carlos Azucar, uh, technically still on the books at Depo Deportiva La Guaira in <laughs> in Venezuela. Um, that's still like he still is on the books. He's been loaned out for three straight seasons to USL sides, and many may think that he's a domestically like based player, <laughs> but he is not. He is on loan still from from Deportivo La Guaira. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I think San Antonio right now it feels like they're doing a better job of kind of it taking advantage of that title win and 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 moving on from it whereas switchbacks definitely cashed in in terms of they they had these couple of big transfers and and guys are going and getting opportunities at these at these like larger clubs or these different opportunities but um it feels like it's a pretty significant hit to the to the core of what made switchback so differential last season which is they could outscore anybody like on which any given why day they signed joe kuzminski <laughs> <laughs> that's the the 4d chess right there of <laughs> we signed a goal scoring goalkeeper <laughs> manuel nor has nothing on this cat at all. <laughs> like, all I'm saying is he got benched by Charleston last year. Like that is not a good sign of what you're doing in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what I found interesting with San Antonio is after losing the 2021 West final, they came back this season and took that next step to win the conference and then go on and win the entire league. And I just feel like that's something of a blueprint that the switchbacks should be looking at as like, okay, we got to the final last year what can we do to kind of take that next step? And maybe it doesn't work this season. Maybe it takes a few years. We saw an Orange County team lose the West final a few years ago to only come back and win a, a league title a few years down the line. So there's a blueprint for improvement for these sides that get very close to accomplishing their goals. I mean, I think maybe John, you may completely disagree with this and, you know, I'm taking a lot of making kind of a lot of jokes about Joe Kosminski. Um, I love the dude watching whenever I watched him at UAB. Um, you know, I really do have a lot of love and admiration for the guy. Um, but to me, it's just the biggest loss. I mean, you can look at Audrey Berry, 
um, you can look at other players that they've lost, right? Um, but losing Jeff Caldwell feels like the biggest mm -hmm. one. I mean, he was a guy a year removed from being talked about as one of the best goalkeepers the U.S. has like ever seen at Hartford, just being an absolute freak of nature, um, to being a very young goalkeeper who calls it quits when I'm sure when Colorado signed him, they saw him as a career switchback. That the fact there that he also had a rather bad year in terms of the goal saved above average. And I blame that more on the system with what Colorado Springs was doing, but it's sort of a tough situation for where they're at, where this team was so reliant on kind of getting offense out of nothing through the real dynamic players you had in Barry and Galena and pretty much everyone else that has left the club since then. So maybe you solidify the defense a little bit. I mean, you've got to hope that Drew Scundrich is going to make a difference in the middle. Maybe Musa has a comeback campaign, but I don't know. I'm just questioning the approach right now. Yeah, I mean, this is once again, and sorry for Switchbacks fans, Switchback fans who are listening to this, they're just like, what did we do to you guys? But <laughs> also... We um, we just said this with Fuego and with uh, Northern Colorado. Um, with when we talked about signing USL guys is a good thing because getting people in your system like One Knox is doing it really well. They're getting people who are not only USL guys who understand the league, who understand the grind. Because just going to Europe and getting the best players that's great until you're working with a player who's never played when it's 110 degrees outside because they're used to playing in the winter. That's something small that makes a big difference. I mean, Wayne Rooney, and as, as very elegant as he could ever say it, one of the things he mentioned when he went to uh, uh, D.C. United was it gets hot here. Like, that sounds so stupid when you say it, but that's a big deal. But one thing that One Knox is doing and the thing that Fuego kind of lost out on and One Knox kind of lost out on that – Northern or not Northern Colorado, but Colorado switchbacks are doing is you don't need just USL players. You need good USL players and they're just not doing it right now. So, let's see. I don't know who we were on. Was it John or was it? I think it's John. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. We talked about uh, Charleston in passing a little bit. We've talked about players in and out. Uh, just with uh, every other team we've been discussing. But I think the New Year's resolution is just prove it for them. It's been a flurry of activity, bringing in Ben Pierman, bringing in a lot of the kind of peripheral players from Memphis. They've got a good roster. They've got a great coach. But let's put some rubber to the road and really prove that this team can come back in the post-Mike Anheuser era. It feels like a... Yeah, I, I I think that's basically that's basically it. It feels like a there was a lot of like looking at that roster at the beginning of last season and saying like, hey, this feels like a team that can do something. And they were by far the worst independent team in the in the East. And like that, uh, yeah, the idea of anything like that happening again would be nothing short of a disaster. I don't think because I think it's it's obvious that they've they've put some some money where their mouth is because they've attracted, you know, a coach coming off of a 
really great season in Memphis, like really had no reason to leave. So, um, so there's, you know, there's that there and then they're attracting some, some solid USL talent. It's just a matter of, yeah, Charleston putting it all together. Cause at, at the moment, um, it, it, it feels different than last year in that. I think last year it was like, Hey, this team feels like it could be good. This team, when you look at it on paper, you, you say this team had better be good. Like that's kind of, <laughs> or there will be consequences for those involved. I think, unfortunately, yeah oh sorry go ahead ryan yeah and you're looking at um a team that has the pedigree of that they've won usl before kind of in this modern era and if they miss the playoffs this season that would make it three years on the bounce that they've missed the postseason that's just something that's so unheard of for a team that for the longest time under anheuser was that consistent playoff appearing team and to go a third consecutive year without a postseason appearance just kind of shows kind of a failure of this season. Yeah, and, you know, to talk about how far the jump could be for Charleston, I mean, they've signed, again, like I said, they assigned USL talent, bona fide USL talent, they know the league. They've also signed good USL talent um, with a great USL coach who probably is going to make, be making a jump up to a higher league or going abroad soon. Um, but... I mean, to talk about how far the jump is, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But, I mean, if matches were 80 minutes long, we're talking about a New York Red Bulls team who probably finished close to the playoff race. I mean, they lost so many matches in that 80-minute to 90-minute range. Atlanta United had a few stretches where they were just scoring goals for fun. Tell me one time when a Charleston Battery fan had fun last year. It was a brutal season. There was no, oh, well, we were winning for the first 80 minutes and then we lost it because we're playing 15-year-olds. There was no, oh, we we won our first two games of the season and the USL show called us the USL champions like Loudon. There was no, oh, we had a five-goal you know game where we really took it to a really good team here and there with Atlanta United. Charleston was just miserable all year long. And Pierman... I mean, he's done a lot of great things. Great on the ownership for finally dropping some cash and doing some stuff and making a good roster that actually makes sense. But, I mean, yeah, this is a prove-it year. Yeah, and I mean, just to delve in a little bit more on what the ownership has done, it's Pierman, but it's also bringing in Lee Cohen from Tampa Bay to run the team from like a presidential standpoint. Uh, the investment in players has been noticeable, not only with the proven USL talent, but at the end of last season with Fidel Barajas, who's a teenager, dual national, who has represented uh, Mexico and the US, and he's like 16 years old. Uh, they just got a Colombian center back with plenty of first division experience. So they've really had a pretty complete approach to the way that they're redeveloping this team. And I think it just builds up what we've been saying of there are real expectations this year of the battery need to prove it. And I want to throw those same expectations over to FC Tulsa. They are making signings every other day. Um, they are also one of those teams that just seem to just be getting players just over and over again. Some of those are re-signings. I get that. But they're also just making moves. And I get that not all of them are amazing, but especially in this expanded roster, if – 
they don't, or they expand the playoffs, if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, heads are also going to roll there. I mean, they they are building a roster that I like right now. Is it complete? No. But they have a good base, and I like the core that they're building with. Yeah, I think Tulsa is probably the, like, probably the example of what Charleston won't want to happen in terms of, like, they had this really exciting project when they did the whole rebrand and, and everything a couple of years ago, and the squad just never lived up to what on paper it should have. Um, and they are, they are like doing a lot of work in terms of adding, adding quality and making sure that they, they build on that kind of core. But, but yeah, I think Tulsa is probably the caution, the, the cautionary tale for Charleston. Um, Cause yeah, I think that they are that team that, unfortunately in the past hasn't been able to live up to the names on on paper for sure and Um, if you think about real quick uh the way that tulsa has built this team has been interesting because if you think about charleston is relying mostly on usl talent tulsa has gone the complete different direction of pulling from the canadian premier league two or three times two or three guys from mls next pro a lot of college players they haven't signed a single player with uh, USL experience in 2022 yet, which it's an interesting gambit because there's value to knowing this league, knowing your matchups. But if you can get in there, get a cheaper talent that isn't as known to other teams, I think there is a competitive advantage to that. And bringing in Blair Gavin as the coach, who someone was at Phoenix when they were at their most successful, who's familiar with American soccer from MLS down. Can he be the leader? That's yet to be seen. But there's at least a vision of we're taking a very different approach from what everyone else in this division is doing. And, hey, let's hope it pays off. Not only that with the Canadian Prem, um, they're also signing teammates from there. So there's already just a little bit of, you know, chemistry there. It's really interesting what they're doing. Um, And, yeah, I mean, Robert talked about it, Hartford as well. There's a lot of teams that are just signing people for fun right now. And, You know, I think Hartford, we talked about it last time. So if Hartford fans want to go listen to that, please do. Um, They're signing players, but they feel, it still feels hollow. You can, you can have a, you know, a nice looking uh, body, but you know, weak spines are weak spines. They fall apart eventually. So We'll we'll see if Hartford can you know strengthen up the middle just a little bit more and you know get someone who really can play defense because they can score they can do the you know the old you know Colorado Springs thing that we just talked about but it doesn't always last because when those goals dry up it's tough it is a tough watch. Um, Twenty six so, players on on Hartford's roster again already. Cut the Cut I'm just way. saying 26, 26 <laughs> feels awfully high for uh for January, but I guess we'll see if there's further movement. Um but yeah, interesting uh that they've I guess gone <laughs> gone that heavy. Um gosh, uh I guess as far as as far as the uh as far as the new year's resolutions 
um, go. I know the Charleston, the Charleston conversation was one that, that I had, um, I don't know. I'm, uh, I feel like I'm out of gas. What did the, what did the people say? Well, we had a lot of those and I'm about to pull those up. We've talked about a ton of those. Um, and while I'm pulling those up to bring up some more, I'm going to throw out another one. It's just going to be for my, for my three sparks, uh, Legion. Um, I'm going to ask them to, to share the wealth a little bit. Um, last year they had 14 players get minutes. Um, you can have 18 people on a, um, on a, uh, lineup and two of our top, I think 16 players, uh, that we had get minutes, um, finished the season with other teams that were transferred out in May. Um, two of our top, uh, minute getters were Mackie Jop, who was transferred out in April and Thomas Van Kazeel, who was transferred out, I think also in April, and they were still in the top 16 in minutes. So share the wealth and, like, I don't know, use your entire 18 at least, please. <laughs> at, fir at first I thought you were serious, like only 14 players played at all. Oh, no, not I'm sure that, at all. That would be basically, insane. <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are, no, you that's... About the, are you worried about the roster right now, given that it's been Pasher in, Marlin out, and basically nothing, nothing else, else happening? Yes. Yeah. I'm extremely concerned, um, especially with – I mean, Marlin's out. Um, there's no secret about that. He's been posting about it forever. The Israeli Cub has been posting about it forever. We'll find out how much money was spent on him, or we won't because USL. Um, but, yeah, it's <laughs> – I'm extremely worried with the fact that we either don't have a center attacking mid or we don't have a left winger, which makes us losing guys like Bruno Lapa even worse because at the very least you can put Enzo Martinez out in the left wing and he will do a dang good job. He played a lot there last year and it was good, but now you're having to replace a left winger or a central attacking midfielder um, or both. And so it's it's not great, um, yeah. Very worried. Um, let's see. We do have Andy that is just asking for um, you know Orange County to get their own stadium. That is a wonderful. But it also says for twenty twenty four, so that's also not next year. Um, so we'll talk about that resolution next year. Um, I guess on January. What would that be? Fourth of next year. So we'll see. Um, let's see. We have other ones. Oh, um, Edison Ochoa or Edson Ochoa, who's, you know, big in RGV land. Um, he talked about doing a little bit more marketing outreach with, I, I think a lot of USL fans, uh, would agree with, um, uh, just in general, do more marketing USL. Um, if the clubs can't do it, I, the USL really should have more of a, a marketing fund in the background just to say, hey, we're going to put up a billboard for a month in every city and just get people there. And if that costs too much money, I mean, what, what else were you doing with the ref money that you're saving? I don't know. Real quick on RGV, was, they, have 11, they have 11 players. And was, it's like they have <laughs> the new year. That's crazy for the Toros. Like, the groundbreaking that they actually signed human beings 
<laughs> do you think do you think uh Las Vegas was banking on uh Rio Grande also not <laughs> signing anybody and now they just feel like they got screwed over? <laughs> it must be the case. <laughs> I uh yeah, I, I guess the the New Year's resolution for RGV too, on top of maybe doing some better marketing is speaking of like capitalizing on momentum their momentum from last season obviously like very positive like given you know the la i guess the last two seasons like things have been positive for rgv so i think like just continuing to capitalize on that momentum so it is good that they are starting with the foundation of players to to sign off of or you know because last year it was a joke that they don't have anybody and they ended up being like fine <laughs> so so i just uh yeah i mean they could be they could be a force this year given the fact that they've given themselves a head start of 11 signings has any team benefited from way too large playoff pools more than rgv in the past two years <laughs> like they have been bang average and slid in somehow <laughs> towards the end of last season they were like probably one of the best like that's true. They're probably one of the best teams in the league at a certain point, but it's just like combination of a long regular season plus a huge chunk of teams make the playoffs. So I you know what? I love just how big the pitch is and that they went to a four two four and just said we are going to use every square inch. <laughs> I <laughs> I love everything about it. <laughs> That's the um, that yeah, that's the stuff of Wayne Rooney. You, you talked about Wayne Rooney. That, <laughs> the, stuff, the stuff of his nightmares, just playing in 100 degrees in South Texas on a pitch that's just gigantic. This is the Open Cup game we need. <laughs> <laughs> and to Same think Messi want to come to MLS for that. <laughs> can Messi do it on a hot, muggy night in Edinburgh? No one can. I mean, that's, our, that's, that's the, the uh, USL rainy night in Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I mean, that... if Ronaldo is going to go to SKC, can we get like Messi to Loudon or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new owner just splashes all the cash that they have left just to bring in Messi. Inter yeah. Miami is just confused. Beckham <laughs> thought he was friends. I <laughs> uh, Messi, Messi to Union Omaha and Ronaldo to Can Kansas City just so we can have them both in dead center in the middle of america like in the least like sexy markets ever you know it's funny that you mentioned omaha because omaha did flood these uh did flood the comments and the juxtapose of the two really cracked me up because you know we do have you know people who are just like oh my god i'm freaking out uh can we please get someone to be signed we want somebody to sign um, you know, Chip, he comes along a little bit later, not even replying to anybody, um, just replying to the original post. And it was like, can you tell Omaha fans to stop freaking out as we get three Omaha fans freaking out also under the same post? <laughs> um, so Omaha the fans, of a fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Omaha fans freak out accordingly. I don't know. Uh, sign a coach so you can sign players. Um, You're still number one in my League One projections. <laughs> fans, calm down. Managerless o Omaha goes on to win the League One title. 
if there's I think when Louisville City did the they had three players just like share coaching duties for a couple months, you just do that. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> just play I mean, pickup soccer style and just go out onto the pitch and just say, you know what? We'll figure it out once we're out there. I, there's nothing better than going to play pickup soccer and just some dude shows up with his like his like pen and paper to tell us formations. It's like our right, dude. Come on. Because I, if you told me that Corey Herzog was out there coaching the team, I would pay premium money for every moment to see Corey Herzog coaching Union Omaha. And this is when we get the other side of now the Herzog um, Open Cup, where one half of the bracket can be his coaching career and the other half can be his playing career. And we can just see how it goes. <laughs> I, uh, I like my new year's resolution is i want to know like jay mim jay mims announced what's next like what are you doing <laughs> what's next for jay mims like why did you resign and like what are you, what is next for you i want to know like what <laughs> why he left i want to timing of it more than anything like yeah I, right it, it seems so urgent and then there was there's been no announcement of like what's next for him he just was like i'm out of here and then <laughs> puff of smoke and was just gone oh it it really is bizarre and i i, I know i'm gonna be called you know a hater because i am a legion fan i get that but you don't think someone like Memphis is just kicking themselves for not just waiting a couple more weeks to announce a coach. So I, w I went down the football reference deep dive zone of Stephen Glass just because I was curious, like, what was the deal with his stint in Aberdeen? Bad. Yeah. <laughs> you, on terms of expected goals and that sort of thing, that team should have been much better than they were. But Aberdeen had gone a decade where they didn't finish anywhere worse than between second and fourth. And then he led them to 10th place and got fired within a year. It kind of says a lot. And Memphis is bringing back a good core pretty much. And Glass, like there was a reason that he got the interim job in Atlanta and he got the nod at Aberdeen in the first place. But needless to say, I've got some coaching rankings that I'm going to be putting out later this week just because I want to never get a job again in USL. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's not going to be rating well for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting because I really liked what he was doing at Atlanta United too. I really did. I understand that the teams didn't perform amazing all the time, but I mean – the only ones that we can really point to are Real Monarch and, you know, baby bulls of 2016, you know, the baby bulls that might legitimately be able to, you know, compete in the champions league right now. Um, Swoop Park Rangers had that run. Oh, uh, that's true. Which can we please get them to go back to that branding? I, they, why? <laughs> Just why? There was no point in losing that branding because it was so good but whatever um while we're on next row real quick huntsville hasn't announced anything yet but they have been making moves in terms of the usl championship and league one people that they're signing uh liam doyle the former legion owns yeah <laughs> but i mean 
pretty tenured center back across MLS and the USL. He's the technical directing there, director there, and he has clearly like scouted this league to get some pretty prime players. So curious to see what happens if they get chances up with Nashville proper. And Nashville themselves have signed Lawrence Wyke from Tampa Bay. They just got Tyler Freeman from Loudoun today. They sort of, more than any MLS team, have their pulse on what's happening in our neck of the woods. Yeah, I mean, they also, their coach is, um, oh, what's his name? He was also from Atlanta United, too. Uh, Jack Collison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in the terms of a team in MLS, you know, next pro MLS to whatever it is, um, they, they're kind of doing it right, and it really worries me. Um well, and it was supposed to be a USL League One market. Yep, they were. Um, you know, and that's the soccer wars for you. Um, hey, what can you do? Um, we'll we'll see how that works out. But I mean, yeah, Huntsville City's doing stuff. I mean, they're signing Nashville signing USL players. Um, with they they signed who did they sign today? Because I know it was a pretty decent pickup. It was it's a Loudon Tyler, Fre- Tyler Freeman from Loudon. He was yeah. a U.S. national team or U.S. youth national team guy with uh, the Sporting Kansas City system. Had eight goals maybe with Loudon last year in pretty limited minutes. I think he's going to be a good pickup. He won't get time immediately, and I bet he'll spend most of the year in Huntsville. But he's got a lot of potential. And then obviously Lawrence Wyke went there as well, which was just a when that one hit the the Twitter spheres, everybody was just confused. Um, Take but, the most average center back in the USL, combine it with a little bit of racism, and there you go. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of heat for calling him Bang Average um, on Twitter, and I'm like, I can name you eight center backs right now that are better than him that have never been racist. Like, <laughs> I get that he won the MLS Cup with uh, Atlanta United, but, like, MLS roster experience doesn't mean anything. I mean, FC Cincinnati fielded a MLS roster three times before this year. That doesn't mean they're good. Did they, though? You can make the argument that Wyke was the fourth best center back on the team last year, but and you would be correct. (laughs) (laughs) Can make that argument, and you should. Uh, (laughs) No, the uh, well, and and speaking of like the relative level too between like as there's these transactions between Championship, Next Pro, League One, and like movement between them. um, The flip side of that, we saw. Uh, Josh Doling move from St. Louis to New Mexico. So we'll get an interesting look at like, we had the kind of, I guess the one, the marquee, if you will, like D3 to D2 signing of Greg Hurst when he went to Phoenix and like, and is that going to work? Like, is it, is he going to like fit in at a championship level? I think we'll get an interesting look at, at Doling as well and see if uh, what the, comparative levels of next pro versus the championship and and uh where it kind of sorts out um and if uh doling can adapt to life in the championship but that that was one that i uh that caught my eye given the fact that obviously you know in theory in the next pro team you have a direct line to an mls team versus coming and playing you know 
Indian in USL. Yeah, um, we mentioned Tulsa, I did earlier, where they're bringing in Blaine Perry from North Texas, uh, Justin Malu from Columbus. Again, more test cases. I do think that St. Louis was kind of a test case of Josh Yara, Juan Cousin. Most of their roster really was USL championship vets, and they got to the title game. So I think that speaks well to the quality of the championship relative to it. But I'm excited to see what Doling does for sure. Well, I think, uh, you know, small, I guess, caveat. Granted, I didn't look at the numbers, um, so I don't know if he ever played minutes then. But, you know, North Texas players, you can also safely assume that they were League One players. So you can make that comparison and just see how they compared from League One to go into Next Pro as well. Um, those players that were like at a Revolution, um, who were at Inner Miami or Fort Lauderdale, wherever they were. Um, and you know, North Texas, maybe you can take a little bit more of a case study of the players who were in league one that went to next pro that came back to the USL. I know that's a lot of in-depth digging that frankly, I'm not smart enough to do, but someone is. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> my, my other new year's resolution. I know this is like super old news by now, but the fact that they've now they've they're making us talk about a league called MLS next pro like, and they're making us say those words in that order. Like can't not it, only that you have to capitalize it, next. Are you kidding? Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't it just have been MLS too? Like it, couldn't it just have been that? And how I, else would you get the American horror story font though? <laughs> <laughs> Because here we'll be for the next, you know, however long <laughs> saying MLS next pro as if that's a sensible thing to say out loud. I didn't realize that there was pro on the end of it until about a month ago. I've just been calling it next. And then somebody corrected me on Twitter and I'm like, that is a weird thing to get snarky about. But thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Next. They have. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do we have any other resolutions? Um, I'm going to throw out just one really fast one. Um, I don't have a clever um, resolution name like drop the weight or whatever. P pay the refs, please. Like it doesn't have to be pro, but like also pay the refs. Thanks. I want local volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> you get cuties after the game. <laughs> it'd be like um i mean i don't know how often you all went to high school football games but whenever they wouldn't have refs show up and that somebody had to be a part of the chain gang and they would offer them like free food and a t-shirt <laughs> afterwards oh yeah things happening <laughs> oh let me throw out a stupid one based on uh some twitter action kayler san diego keep up the game with the kit quality that you've got going yeah, I mean, so good. I mean, Charlie, 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 I still don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but, I mean, they're incredible. And they also are making a lot of other teams look really bad, which is a really good thing. More map kits, please. I am, I, I'll admit it, I'm a slut for map kits, so, like, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's my resolution. Don't waste all your money on map kits. 
So that one's a personal one. But well, that's why they let Kyle Vassell go back home to England. They're just going to reinvest it in a really dope mat kit or map kit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I want to another resolution, silly one. Every player announcement needs to be like Kyle Vassell's, where they just run through a piece of paper and fall on the ground. I want more <laughs> of that. <laughs> I got retweeted. So I posted that video way back when, when he got in the fight and got a red card. Uh-huh. And fans like were all over that and super <laughs> fired up, which is the most Scottish stereotype thing of all time. It's like a bad episode of The Simpsons. Like, yeah. yeah. Wait till That's Bob Lily goes to Scotland and they get to see the, the Lily gif again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's yeah. Here's another resolution: Pittsburgh sign players, please. They're gonna be bad. This is. Do you know what? And you know what? They may sign someone that's going to blow our mind, and you know that's going to put this whole thing together. But Pittsburgh is on the Charleston track, where I'm going to rate them highly because they're traditionally good. And the numbers are going to come out, and I'm going to look at the roster and say, that doesn't look as good as I think it is, but they're always good. So I'm going to do my preseason predictions, have them finishing sixth or fifth, and then they're going to be awful, and I'm going to be shocked for some reason. I can just feel that's what's going to happen. Do you think it's a warning sign when they bring in Dane Kelly and he can't get along with Bob Lilly and get games. They bring in someone like a Luis Argudo with MLS international experience, and he just can't fit this quote-unquote Lilly system. That's the moment, the sign. Yeah, go ahead. The moment that the you know the highest goal scorer in league history can't make your squad after bagging in goals for fun just the year prior. This isn't like Dane Kelly's goals were going down to, oh, he only scored five last year. He's a shell of himself. Is he as good as he was in his prime? No, but he's still awesome. The moment he's not making your roster, especially when they were, you know, kind of struggling to score. Yeah. (laughs) Bob Lilly is about to enter his his villain era as a <laughs> bottom half USL coach. He, he fully embraces being Robert now. <laughs> <laughs> Do we got any others? Anybody in the chat got anything? Because we are just absolutely just goofing off at this point. Anybody got another resolution? It, funsies, I don't care, serious or not. Probably good. Probably good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. 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 Ryan, anything else? All right. So how about some last thoughts? Phil, what you got for the people? Well, I will say that a New Year's resolution of mine that I'm actually trying to stick to this year is I am trying to write more. Um, that's one of my big ones. So I do have a piece up on Seriously Loco. I've also I'm trying to keep up with my Substack. There's all kinds of stuff out there. So just keep an eye out. I, I like to uh, keep up. And if people expect it, then I feel more pressure to actually do it. So bully me into writing more. 
Lovely. I love that. I mean, you do great with writing. Um, so you should like do that more, dude. Appreciate that. You and uh, Ben, uh, Ben Goshorn, just need to collab one good time and just have one big mega article, and that would just be <laughs> chef's guess. I mean, I'm open to it. Ben, please. <laughs> um, John? Yeah, um, I mean, just to shout out what Phil put out about uh, Wilfred Gnodo over the, I guess it was the past week or so, was fantastic. What you're doing on Substack is awesome, so keep that up for sure. Um, personal knit, I started the movie Alexander with, I, I feel like I referenced the fact that I'm just doing tons of Colin Farrell movies. So this is another one in that vein. I didn't quite realize that this is a three and a half hour historical epic. So I got about, <laughs> I got about two hours into that before the pod and I'm going to be finishing up after, but check your run times before you start an old bad movie is my <laughs> <advice>. <laughs> I love that. Ryan? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I guess I'll have to... Uh, I really want to see Glass Onion eventually. I know uh, Netflix has gone to their kind of limited password sharing, and I don't want to be the person in my family. It's like, oh, yeah, guys, sorry about that. The, the, the extra charge in the account was because I wanted to watch a movie. So I think I'll have to wait for when I'm back at home to see that. But uh, I've heard good things, so I'm really excited to uh, watch that film. I... I don't know anything about it. I saw it suddenly show up in my Twitter feed like a week ago. I was confused and then it disappeared. So I I don't know if anyone is. I saw it in theaters when it had the one week release. I thought it was super fun, but maybe worse than the original. But I mean, if you're into the whole like either murder mystery or Daniel Craig doing a Southern accent, it's worth a watch. (laughs) I, uh, yeah seconded it is i i think the first one is just more serious in its tone and the depth of the mystery is better but the 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 whole glass onion thing is quite good and i think everyone would enjoy it's not a like all-time masterpiece but it's a really fun movie and a good mystery okay See, I'm still also waiting to watch the new Avatar, which I've only heard glowing reviews about. So, uh. never seen any Avatar movies. I <laughs> I watched the first Avatar film in a dentist office, and that was the only time I seen <laughs> just what James Cameron intended. <laughs> I, I can hear James Cameron banging down my door right now, <laughs> demanding I go see it in theaters, and I just had no interest beyond. It's like, oh, I'm just waiting for the dentist and i'll watch it now it was mixed specifically uh to be heard over the turning of magazine pages and with a dull whir of drills in the background (laughs) oh man i see i i enjoyed the first one but it was like it wasn't i didn't consider like this all-time masterpiece i think a lot of people did it was good don't get me wrong i enjoyed it but the main thing I love about it is just like the the CGI is always just it just looks awesome. So I can't with, remember a single character or quotable line. They're blue. That's all you gotta know. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my favorite piece of Avatar media is the SNL skit where Ryan Gosling makes a joke about them using papyrus as the font for the logo. <laughs> and if you haven't seen that, YouTube it immediately. <laughs> 
<laughs> so what you're saying is Avatar 2 should have had Comic Sans as their font now, just as an <laughs> evolution of the logo. Papyrus! Anyways. Can, we do this? Can we do the same thing with Next Pro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll have to put that together. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see. My uh, Mine is simple i started a new job um i am working at a you know a brunch place simple stuff i make coffee um so that's cool um but i'm also having to get used to being up at 4 30 in the morning so like that sort of sucks but also i'm also i love the coffee house vibe so you know is what it is people in birmingham pull up please i'm broke um uh let's see I don't know. I, not really much else going on in the life. Um, I got... What's up? I was just going to shout out the fact that we had a uh, Ryan Kaler meetup. Oh, uh, yeah. That was awesome. Um, that was a good time. Ryan's family. Awesome, by the way. Thought I'd throw that out there. Super cool people. Yeah. Uh, Ryan's super nice in real life. So, like, go to Wilmington matches and go meet Ryan, you know, whenever they come back. So... Yeah, that was really fun too. Uh, the ma- uh, the game was so cold. <laughs> it was the coldest sporting event I had ever uh, attended in person, at least. It it was a humid cold, and so it was just like wet, but not raining. And then it was also like thirty degrees, so it was just it was miserable. I left at halftime. I felt bad because you know I wanted to watch you know college football, I guess, but also. I it wasn't worth it to me. I had no emotional ties to what was happening. <laughs> so I will say props to my sister for at least staying. My parents left at halftime as well. And I I, my, I even told my sister, you're free to go if you want as well, but I'm going to stay. And uh, I kept her at least all the way through the trophy ceremony at the end. So major props to my sister for sticking around the entire game. Um, shout out to the Birmingham Bowl for having the best um for having the best uh, trophy. Um, if for people who haven't seen it, it's Vulcan, which is, you know, Greek god of steel. Um, the best part about it is that, you know, you turn around just like the actual statue in Birmingham. His whole, you know, he has his whole cheeks hanging out the back. So they've made it perfectly realistic. So I would shout out to Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> so um, let's see. Um, <laughs> I, Andy, I don't know where that miserable cold hoodie picture of me is. Um, you can probably find it somewhere. Um, if you want to dig through my completely just messed up Twitter feed, that's, I tweet too much. I should probably make that my resolution of just not doing that. But I'm offended by proxy because of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You also have like twice the followers I do, so... It, <laughs> If you, I should, that probably should mean I should tweet half as much. (laughs) Um, Oh, music. Uh, This was the one I was going to do a couple weeks ago, but Tommy from uh, uh, Oakland uh, gave me another recommendation. But even if you're not a, like, a church going person, I still highly recommend uh, Box Mass and B Minor because it is just an absolute masterpiece. Um, you don't have to be a church attender to enjoy that one. It's a it's a good one. It's a good casual listen. Um, so enjoy that. Go have fun. I typically don't like Bach, but that's a goodie. 
Um, anything else from anybody? Cool. Um, Phil, go write something. And even though he was not here tonight, Alan, do the outro. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL Show. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm. Once again, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you guys again next week.